Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Lucas. Lucas. Welcome Staten back. Clark. Welcome I'm back Curtis Dennison. Accompanied by Lucas Markham. We have a lot to talk about in the sports world today. So let's get started. started. Can't, can't wait to go to the next I know we want to lose out for draft purposes, but I mean, I can never completely root against the team. When I was watching, uh, I was talking with a buddy, and I was just like, fuck, dude, Mitch looks good. Damn it, they're moving the ball. Damn it, they scored. And then, like, as they really started moving, I was like, all right, let's get it. Like, let's just beat the shit out of the Texans in. Just, it was mostly because of all of the shit talk that was coming from Houston this week with... The Bulls playing the Rockets and the Texans coming to town. It just didn't. I couldn't let that slide with in my fandom. No, it's. I mean, it's it, even if even if it means messing up draft position, a win still feels good. Before we get too deep into some Bears recap, there is one thing I want to note and congratulate us on, Lucas. I think it's. I think it's fun for us to note. Um, we're an international podcast, man. We. We have been listened to across the pond, and I think that's pretty dang cool. Uh, Shouts out to George Barrelissimo. He was on as a guest of ours. Uh, It's got to be him. Uh, Just want to give him a shout out. He's spreading the love over across the pond. Uh, And we are actually also by Coastal as well. We have a listener in Washington, the state, uh, which is awesome. And it's, I can't believe that. I don't know what somebody in Washington's doing. They must be hearing me talk about the Seahawks and how much DK is a badass. But yeah, dude, it's, it's, we're getting, making headway. We're getting listeners. Uh, we almost have hit 200 downloads. It's, we're moving along, man. We appreciate everyone and uh, the time they take to, to listen to us. So thank you for making us bi coastal and international. We, Really, really, really appreciate that. And keep spreading the word and spreading the love for us, guys. We appreciate it. Hell yeah. All right, Lucas. What was your favorite thing? We'll start off with what was your favorite thing about the Bears game? Uh, the defense was back. I mean, I, I'm a defensive guy. I love hard-nosed football. And the Bears, the, we, I mean, whenever you hold a team to seven points when they have an elite quarterback like that, I mean, you can't ask for more. And it, But my – Favorite thing to single it down to one specific thing was Khalil Mack. Like, we missed him. Oh, yeah. uh, he just dominated that football game. Yeah, it was. It was definitely. It was so nice to hear his name called for something that he did. Not, and it feels like some of the things that we've heard his name being called for over recent weeks or most of the season, it feels like since like, I don't know, it was like week six or something is that we were hearing him talk about for what he wasn't doing. Yeah. Which is still silly because he's Khalil Mack and he's still disruptive, even if he's not actually sacking the quarterback, but it definitely was amazing to 
see him get a sack, see him get a forced fumble and recovery, see him with a sack being a safety. Just like there was a different vibe. It felt good. And it was like, it was good to see that hard nosed Bears defense, even if it is against like a depleted offense. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson still is one of the best in the league and he didn't really do anything. And that's really, that's really good to like, it feels good to see that from, from your Bears defense. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, whenever you don't just hear whoever's calling the game, talking about Mac, not doing anything, which like you said, he always is. It's nice. I mean, then we brought him here for a reason and it was to be disruptive and we've missed it over the last couple of weeks. He, he seems like he's back to being fully healthy rather than being semi healthy. Yeah. Especially even if he was, he had a shoulder injury this week, it really didn't feel like he had one. No, not at all. Um, my favorite thing about the game this week was uh, that all three phases were just locked in. I mean, we had, special teams turnover. Pat O'Donnell was booting the ball. I mean, he had one shank, but sometimes the things like that happen, but he's super consistent as a punter. Cairo Santos is just absolutely dialed in. I mean, he set a Bears record for most consecutive field goals made. That's amazing, especially when you think about that the record was held by the great Robbie Gold. So, I mean, that was awesome to see. Defense was on it, had some turnovers had seven sacks in total, six on Deshaun Watson alone. I mean, just – and the offense put up 28 points. Like, that's – just all of those phases together, that was, like, that was so great to see. Arguably, like, one of the most complete games we might have seen over this current regime, to be honest. Yeah, they everything looked good. I, I mean, I can't go back on – I can't think of a game where the defense was playing well, the offense was playing well. Special teams was hitting on all cylinders, like you said. Like, it, it was incredible. It was definitely – it has to be one of the best games that this Bears team has played. Why don't we talk about the biggest and, unfortunately, the most obvious storyline from this game being the quarterbacks. We've got number two overall pick, Mitchell Trubisky, which we hear constantly about being Bears fans. And we've got number 12 overall pick, Deshaun Watson. Going head-to-head for the first time, you know, most of the talk all week was Deshaun Watson should have had the better day. He's clearly way better, yada, 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 right, all that stuff. Um, And, yes, the Bears did play the Texans. They don't have a good defense. But we have seen the Bears go up against teams and defenses that are not good, and they end up looking good after playing the Bears' offense. And – Mitch was super efficient. He had 72% completion, threw three touchdowns, was slinging all day. He was changing arm angles. He was making good decisions. I, I, don't, I, I truly don't think that there was any throw that he made that was questionable. Uh, some might say there was the pass on the sideline to Cordell Patterson. Um, I don't even think that was a questionable pass. I think that was more on Patterson, like, didn't try and – get the ball he like stopped and stuck a hand out and he all he had to do was kind of just jump like you know I I think I think the ball was where it was supposed to be and and it might have been slightly overthrown but it's the NFL you can't not every quarterback can throw it perfect every single time right I mean 
I mean, Aaron Rodgers still misses passes. I know it's Aaron Rodgers, but and I'm not saying Mitch is Aaron Rodgers, but you know those guys do miss sometimes, and it happens. But I just, I it was one of the best games I think from you know we'll toss out the Buccaneers game as being the best game that Mitch has had. Yes, statistically it might be because he threw six touchdown passes, but um, the Bucks might have well have been playing with like nine guys that game on defense. So I think. I, I think it goes into contention with uh, the Cowboys game last year. Yeah, it felt super similar. Um, you know, just the, the game that he seemed to have a hold on, you know. And, but this, this, he was so – he was mistake-free. And I think that was – that was something that was, like, big big for me is that he was uh, – he, he, he didn't make any mistakes. He protected the ball as far as interceptions go. Um, you know, I, I – I think that's great, right? Yeah. Um, I there's I had a moment. It was it was uh, late in the first quarter. Um, the Bears had a second and short. I think it was like second and three, and the it's a play action that Cole Komet fakes like he's going with the play action, stops, goes out uh, towards the sideline, and Mitch rolls out to the same sideline that Cole Komet is, and Mitch understands what's going on on that play, right? Absolutely has that play on lock because his eyes are downfield, 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 which I'm assuming is supposed to be his first read on that play. But because he keeps his eyes downfield for the time being, and he knows he has Cole Komet, he keeps his eyes downfield. The, I think it was a, a like a, a nickel corner was out going out with Komet. But because Mitch has his eyes downfield, he backs off. Mitch sees it, dumps it to Komet. Komet picks up, I don't know, it was like nine yards. Was that the first down that Komet showed like a little George Kittle-esque? With, I think the, that was, with the stiff arm and then the yeah, spin move out of it and then pushing up for like three more yards? I think that might have been the one. But it was, it was, the, it was the, the vision. It was the, 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 the looking the defense away. It was the – and I know we're like we're praising him for doing this in his fourth year, but it's something that hasn't been happening, right? Yeah, I mean, it's something it's, to praise. Like there's not right. been a much of that from him. Yeah, and, and, and then, you know, leading into that, the uh, Jimmy Graham touchdown, I don't know if you remember that little formation that they had. They had that like diamond formation. They had the diamond formation uh, on the near side, um, where I, I think it was Mooney was the the like they were kind of creating that bubble screen, you know, like the wide mm-hmm. receiver yeah. screen out there, right? So they had a diamond formation where they, you know, they had three receivers up, and then Mooney was back to you know to get that screen, and they could try and maybe make a convoy into the end zone, right? Well, Mitch sees that they've got four guys out there, right? So everybody's got a man count accounted for, and there's a single safety. Jimmy Graham's one-on-one at the top of the screen. He sees that, looks at, looks at his, uh, you know, bunch, slight bunch formation, hikes the ball, keeps his eyes a little bit towards the center, keeps his eyes a little bit towards the center, keeps that safety away from Jimmy Graham, keeps the one-on-one matchup, throws a great ball to Jimmy Graham on the touchdown. I mean, just like things like that. Like, it's just like, it's what you want to see. Now, is it a little, maybe a little too late? Possibly, right? You know, but 
it definitely feels good to see Mitch like do those things. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, if he can do that every week, this team could inch their way into the playoffs, barring what happens around the rest of the league. Which I, I personally would, I would love to see it, but at the same time, I would hate to see it because it's just either going to keep the same uh, staff around or it's that's like the that's the only bad outcome of it because Matt Nagy doesn't really deserve to be here anymore. And neither does Ryan Pace. And we talk about this every week, um, but that's I actually, like, I actually have something that you um, might surprise you a little bit. Okay. So I'm not, let me, let me preface this by saying, I don't necessarily think that I, this isn't necessarily what I want as a Bears fan, right? This, this isn't exactly something that I, I think is, is maybe should happen just because we're probably, everybody's probably ready for a clean start. Right. But <laughs> our problem through three years of offense, mostly two with Mitch is that they never stuck with the things that actually worked for Trubisky. The things that were being that were successful in 2018 is mostly what we're seeing right now over the last three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Because over the last three weeks, Trubisky has 773 yards passing, has seven touchdowns to two picks, and I think he's in right in the 60s um, for completion yeah, percentage. Yeah, it's like around like 63, 65 percent. Because he's been over, been over 70 the last two weeks and then the Green Bay game because he had to throw so many times, you know, his completion was a little bit down. But he's been good. He's been good over the last three weeks. Is If, if Trubisky does what he's done for three more weeks, right, that's probably the longest stretch he's had in a bare uniform of consistency which also means that, okay, maybe we figured some stuff out on offense. Maybe we've, maybe because Nagy's gotten away from he, him being the guy calling the plays, he's allowing the things that actually work happen, right? I'm not, again, I'm not saying that this is probably what should happen, but there is a case to make that if the offense looks like it has that guys stay staff stays Trubisky's here a year at max he's given a year like if they they like when I say that they at max he's given a year I mean they sign him to a one-year deal one-year deal at a very cheap price and see what he can do yeah I mean unless unless somebody else like New England like a New England or like a you know maybe like um maybe a San Francisco offer him more money, right? Because who knows? Mitch might not want to be back in Chicago because of the way he's been, you know, treated in Chicago, which you can't blame him really. But if, if this is – again, not saying it should be, but if this is what the offense can look like because it's, it's called correctly, you know, and, and, you know, they've got some things on the line figured out. Obviously, they have some things on the line figured out over the last three games. Maybe maybe guys are here another year. You maybe, know? I, I mean I personally, I, 
I don't want that to happen at all. And I know you said you don't necessarily want that either, but I mean, if that just worries me because I just feel like we next year we would just jump right back into the same thing. The Bears are going. We would be picked as a maybe contender, uh, and then we just come to find out that they're pretenders again, like every other season in this Matt Nagy regime. It's just. I don't know what I want to happen at this point. Uh, I want the Bears to win. I want them to play good football. But at the same time, I want them to lose and get everybody out of here. I want change. I want consistency. So it's just – it's going to be interesting to see what happens on the stretch. And that's a that's a hot take, a uh, very interesting thought. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I just – because I just think that maybe – because, you know, one of the big knocks on Trubisky was that he played 13 games in college, right? He started 13 games in college. What if, what if he just, because of that. Clicked. Yeah. What, what, what happens if he was just, he was slower, right? Because Mahomes said last year, he started being able to read defenses. No, that was this year. He well, said no, no, he, no, he was, he was just speaking being, in the, right, yeah, in the he middle was, of last year is when he started being able to read defenses, right? Deshaun Watson is an elite athlete who is playing for an elite program. So he, he probably should have been the pick anyway, but it's a point. Can't, can't change it anymore. You know? Um, yeah. So what, what happens, right? What happens if that was what it was? Right. I'm not like, again, I'm sure there's a lot of, a lot of reasons, but like what happens if he's just on a delay, right? Like and not in a bad way. What happens if he was just like, I was I was already like I probably shouldn't have been drafted where I was at because of like just the my body of work. I didn't play that many games. What happens if like I just needed a little bit more, right? Yeah, I mean Peyton Manning wasn't a No, Peyton Manning was not a good rookie. He, he wasn't was a good so rookie. He wasn't a, he wasn't a good second year player. It wasn't until his third year that I mean he was okay his second year, but it wasn't until his third year that he was really like Peyton Manning. I mean, we see that with quarterbacks all the time that it just takes a little bit of time to adjust to the NFL game because, I mean, it's completely different than college. So, I mean, it's completely possible. And if Mitch is – if it just finally clicks for him and he goes on a tear the rest of the season, I wouldn't mind seeing him back in Chicago, I guess, if the Bears go on to the playoffs and they – big key factor, win a playoff game. Yeah, I think they have right. to. They have to win a playoff yeah. game. If they if they lose, you're gone. Like no questions asked. Get them out of here. That's what if not those win. What if those losses are not because Trubisky didn't do well? What if What if he plays like he did against the Lions, right? And the defense lets him down. Then I think maybe you give him a chance. Yeah. But then I think it's time to think about the defense and see right. what's going on there. I still think it's time to maybe move some pieces around. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, dude. I, if Mitch is it's just a late bloomer, and because wouldn't it be wouldn't it be the most Chicago thing, right? Wouldn't it be that he goes he goes anywhere else? I mean, it doesn't even have to be to a good team, right? He just goes anywhere else, right? And they they go, hey, what works for you? And he goes these things, and they go, okay, let's do that. And then he just plays plays at a, at, at the like the tier two level quarterback. Yeah, I mean, that's what's bound to happen. Uh, I think that's what will happen. 
I think that's more likely than anything that he ends up in like New York with uh, speaking the Jets, not the Giants, or the Patriots. And Bill Belichick is like, all right, I can work with you. Right. And yeah, there's multiple teams that he could work with. I mean, I think another one is uh, I slipped right past. Oh, the Steelers. I think that he is very young, Ben, Big Ben like. Uh, he's Big Ben was mobile when he was younger. He big arm, bad decisions, and just all the talent in the world, but it just didn't click for him right away. I mean, obviously he won a Super Bowl at a very young age, but yeah, he was also playing with elite defense. Yeah, probably one of the best defenses ever to step on a football field. Uh, but yeah, dude, what if he goes to the Steelers and Mike Tomlin is just like, all right. I know, I know what you need. You just need right. a good defense behind you that's consistent and to do what you do well. Right. And, I mean, I, who knows what the Steelers are going to do at quarterback, but that's another landing spot that he could potentially go to that is looking for a cheap option at quarterback because they're not going to be in a spot to draft a, a high one. No, um, right. And most of the quarterbacks next year are – the good ones are going to be early in the first round because – that's where quarterbacks go. Um, so who knows? I mean, it'll be interesting. But if he goes to New England, Pittsburgh, yeah, San Francisco, you know, I think he's going to be good. Do you know who might be the most appreciative of Mitchell Trubisky playing quarterback right now for the Bears? Nick Foles. <laughs> that would maybe um, to take all the heat off of him. Yeah, but no, there's one offensive player in particular that is just. I oh, think just yeah. love it. One, two, 12? One, two. AR 12. Yeah, I mean, he's loving it up. I mean, Mitch just finds him. He just that's finds his guy. Him. It's always been his guy. Right? The, so, I mean, the exchange that they had the on the sideline of A Rob exactly. cheesing, Mitch yes. patting him on the head. Like, did you ever see that in the six week? In the, what was it? The, how many weeks did Nick Foles? Nick Foles won what? Two and, two and six, two and five as a starter? Something like that. I no. mean, it, yeah, two and five, two and five. Did you at any point see? No, he was always talking to Nagy. Right. I mean, when did A-Rob ever look happy, right, at all? I mean, he wasn't getting the ball. He wasn't – no, he would. He didn't look happy. I mean, that's when all the tweets were happening about, like, right. him liking come to San Francisco, come to Green Bay. Right. That's when all that was happening, when Nick Foles was playing quarterback. And now Mitch is back, and – He's that. And we see what he's smiling. I mean, I haven't seen A Rob smile, and he's got such a beautiful smile. It's just, just (laughs) Just like, yeah. Think about, think about this too. Is that Nick Foles was the quarterback for what seven weeks, right? He came in a week three. It took over in week three, right? And he was awful, awful. And Mm. Allen Robinson still went over 1,000 yards receiving this year. What an amazing, amazing wide receiver. You can't let him go. You like, can't, right? Like, uh, no matter who's playing quarterback, no matter who is coaching this team, no matter who is in charge of this team next year, you can't let Allen Robinson go. He is the best wide receiver to ever put on a Bears uniform. Yeah, and so I saw some and people like, kind the, of arguing. That's that huge, it, like yeah. – argument territory because Brandon Marshall is a phenomenal wide receiver. Yeah. 
But what A-Rob is doing is incredible. Isn't yeah. it's absolutely incredible. He doesn't have a good quarterback. Like yeah. to any standard. Like Mitch is hasn't played good when he has played, yeah. except for the last three weeks. Yeah. And Nick Foles was abysmal. Like right. and there's just and he's never he's never had a good quarterback. He had Blake Bortles for God's sake when he was in Jacksonville. And had a and fourteen touchdown season. And a thousand yards two years in a row. Like what do you you can't ask him to do anything more. Like he's doing everything possible for this team. And if letting him walk would honestly, I don't think I would root for the bears for a season. I think that would be tough. I I don't think I could do it. Like it would just break my heart because he is my, not my, I wouldn't can't say he's, he's tied for my favorite player on the team right now. Actually probably is my favorite player because I love Bojack. He's my guy, but he's playing like shit. So, I'm kind of like play better, mm-hmm. and I'll. I got you. I get what you mean. Chant on, but dude, A. Rob's just so lovable. He, like, there's nothing about him that's like I. I can't even be mad at him for wanting to go somewhere else or liking tweets of fans saying, "Hey, come this way. We'll love yeah. you here." You can't and blame him, no. Yeah, no, I can't blame him at all. So I just think it would just be an absolute downfall to let him walk. I and I, you know, one thing that I like that's really frustrating about Nagy and the coaching staff. And, and I guess we don't know what the coaching staff was calling for during the time that, um, you know, the bears were losing six games, six games in a row. We let them lose six. The bears lost six games in a row. Now, mind you, last week was a little bit more on the defense and not the offense, but six games in a row. And, and Nick Foles started most of those games. That you mean to tell me that we could have had just and you know so the sample size is about I think it's I think Nick Foles just started seven games or it played in seven games and then Trubisky is now he has started three game or I'm sorry six games so the sample size is pretty close the like the offensive production is is. It's like it's, it's not it's jarring. It's not it's, close. It is jarring. I mean, he, Mitch has been better. The run, the run game for one. Well, is, I th- I don't know if that has much to do with Mitch. I mean, it obviously has some to do because Nick Foles can't move at all. But I just think that the offensive line has finally figured it out right. and found a flow. Yeah, Sam no. Mustafer is the key. Mm-hmm. If well, next year when Daniels is healthy and Whitehair is fully healthy, I still don't think he is. It's the line's got to be on the inside. Daniels must have heard white hair. Yeah, whatever. Because whatever that, order that is, yeah, whatever. That is high, that will be solid. Like yeah. very solid. Sam Mustafer is. Uh, I heard. Uh, I saw somebody say that Mustafer is the general of the offense. Yeah, it feels he's like a rookie. He's really got a yeah. It feels like he's got like, a handle on it. You don't see that often. You're like uh, Darnell Mooney said that he looks like he's been playing in the league for ten to twelve years. Like he's a rookie. And now he's like leading this offensive line with that's full of veterans and this guy's standing out. So like he's got he's got a starting position here for years to come. Unless yeah. he, now, injury and yeah. play just you know, and Foles does have that excuse where like he was playing on with behind a shifting offensive line and all these things, right? But I mean he but he was still he was still a sitting duck, right? I mean he couldn't move at all. He was a, like absolute statue. So like at least like Mitch could have given you the mobility over those games. Like that's just that it, it just feels like it, he should have been starting 
you just yeah, it was. It was. We thought it was the right decision at the time, the move to Nick Foles, but it wasn't. It obviously wasn't. Who knows where the Bears would be right at right now? Right. After after starting what the three and three and one, uh, and five and one, five yeah, five and one. I was thinking, but like with Mitch, yeah, they started three and zero, oh. three, three and zero, oh, yeah, and then just boot him out. It's time for the other guy because he didn't play, wasn't playing well. Um, who knows where we'd be? Who we yeah. could have went? I yeah, I think there's two more wins. Seven and, it feels like seven yeah. and zero oh, instead of six. Six and oh. I'm six and zero oh instead of five and one, yeah, and then we start to fall off a little bit and get into that like six and four. But as of right now, I pictured the team we would have probably been like seven and five instead of five. And yeah, seven. no, you're right. It it wouldn't it would not be unreasonable at all to think that there's potentially two ish more wins, mm-hmm. right? I mean, so did you? I have a question for you. Did you feel like? I don't know how much of you paid attention to the broadcast. Did you feel like that just the CBS CBS broadcast is just bad? Uh, it usually is. I had it on mute. I was playing video games as I was watching because I don't have very much interest in watching the game except for this podcast right now. So I know I, especially when it's on CBS, I don't listen because the, their like, bar, their only good crew is uh, Bill. Uh, Bill Nance. Jim and uh, Jim Nance, Nance and, Tony. and Romo. Yeah, that's our only good crew. Everybody else is it felt like awful. it was so bad. You and just... me could call CBS games better. I guarantee it. And we've never called the game before in our life. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we absolutely could have probably done a better job on the broadcast. Yeah, just it, I don't know. It just feels like they like they're not excited about the right stuff or like they say things that like don't totally make sense. I don't know. I might have just been like Maybe well, because I'm, I try to find something negative when you're watching a Bears game, and that was what the ne- most negative thing about the game was. I don't it know. It just seems like all of them are their their play-by-play guys are so outdated, and like this is nothing against the old guys in the league because they deserve their respect and they've been doing it for a long time. But like they just don't know what's going on anymore. Like it's just the the thing with this is a different game, but I believe it was on. CBS. The Eagles game was on CBS, correct? I think you're right. Did you hear what they said about uh, Jalen Hurts sticking his tongue out? Did you see any of that? Mm-mm, no. They said the, uh, impersonating his uh, Gene Simmons, but he was showing tribute to his fraternity. I can't remember what the fraternity is, but it's a black fraternity. Jesus. <laughs> and they like they stick their tongues out as like they're is their thing and so that's what he was doing it had nothing to do with gene simmons and like i don't think it's like a huge deal or anything but like you just got to get with the program at some point like nothing is like about old white fucking rock and roll like <laughs> gene simmons whenever somebody sticks their tongue out it's not always gene simmons like there's other things that that can mean right multiple other things and it's just the it, CBS needs to just do a whole run through of their crews. And I think they need like a fan vote on who to keep and who to bring in. And I promise every single one of them will be gone besides Jim Nance and Tony Romo. You know, I'll tell you what, who was a good, a good crew this past week is the guy who's going to be announcing Chicago Bulls games this year. Um, Adam Amin and Mark Schlereth. That was a great crew. They did the, they did um, Packers-Lions, 
it was great. They did such a good job. I had that game on mute as well, so I didn't hear it as much. No. Uh, but, so as, yeah. all Chicago fans, get used to Adam Amin. He's a Chicago I native. love Adam Amin. No. I, I completely understand why he would have had a great call because he's great at Absolutely. what he does. So be ready for that as, as a Bulls fan so you get to hear him all this week. I've got one last thing I want to talk about for the Bears before we move on to the rest of the league. Um, I feel really bad for Eddie Pinheiro. Uh I've gotten a chance to meet Eddie Pinheiro and Pat O'Donnell and met them at the same time. Um, they're great dudes. Uh, it's a bummer for Eddie because a little banged up and got Wally pipped and Cairo Santos has been electric, uh, automatic, automatic. Oh, dude, he's been electric. Yeah, you know what? Maybe because he's been automatic, he has been electric. Dude, it's because and because of the kicking woes this team has seen, dude, it's one of the most exciting things. Every time, I don't even get nervous when he kicks right. anymore. I'm just like, it's good. And when Eddie or Parky were up to kick, I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, we're going to miss. Eddie, we're like, Eddie at least had it because he was young, right? So you know mm-hmm. that he was just figuring out how to kick. But unfortunately and, – and Santos is still, like, young as far as kickers go. Is he, like, 25, 26 or something like I think that? He's like, I think he's, like, 28. But either way. Yeah, regardless. It's, like, super young for a kicker, right? They kick until they're, like, 50. Right. Um, well, at least one does. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, 49. He's not playing right now. but, but He's bad. Um, Adam Vinatieri, if you didn't know. He's, he's just old. It's okay. He's still the goat when it comes to kickers, um, you know. But it's this is this is Santos' job. I mean, there is zero reason that th- th- if if there is one thing that if there's absolutely, absolutely, absolutely one thing that happens as the Bears organization during the off season is that Santos has to be resigned. Yeah. Has to be resigned. Yeah, dude. Because whenever you make seventeen kicks in a row, like eighteen, I think it is now. Is it eighteen now? Like I don't even. If it's ten in a row in a Bears uniform, like that's as we used to say, good as gold, and that's all you need to be to be good in Chicago. And it's a hard place to kick, and when the guy figures it out, you got to keep him. Yeah, another podcast I listen to. The, the guys are they're both um, writers for one for NBC, one for the Athletic. Um, one of them talked about how he gets to get some writing done when the bears are going to go kick a field goal because he doesn't have to worry about watching it because he knows it's going to be a main <laughs> kick. I mean, how good does that feel? Like the, to know that like the dudes he's in the rhythm, they've got a great thing going. Patty scales, Pat O'Donnell, Santos. They've got a great, a great for the brand unit. I mean, it's nice to see. It's very nice to see them all together and on the same page. It it definitely takes some weight off the shoulders. Absolutely. All right, we've got a special surprise for everyone for a little extra in-depth Bears talk. We've got a wonderful interview with uh, someone who works for the New York Post, is an editor for the New York Post, um, is a big Bears fan, uh, Jeremy Layden. Uh, We hope you guys uh, love what he has to say and Here's a little extra surprise for you this week. All right, guys, we have an awesome interview for us today. It's Jeremy Layton. You can follow him on Twitter at Jeremy Layton, zero in the Layton. 
Uh, he's an editor for the New York Post. He has his own podcast. It's Deep Sleepers. Uh, he also does some work with Bears Wire. Um, welcome in, Jeremy. How's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. I'm getting excited to gamble a bunch on this uh, Ravens-Browns game that's happening tonight. So um, looking forward to that. Another fun week of NFL action. So life's good, you know, hanging in there. It's a pandemic, just living at home, not leaving my apartment ever. <laughs> What's it like in New York right now? It's like weird. <laughs> it's It's so like the summer, I feel like it was a little bit more lively and kind of more what you'd expect from New York. I'm, I'm in Brooklyn, so I don't live in Manhattan, so it's a little bit different. Recently, it seems like there's less people on the streets, a little eerie, kind of like there's never traffic anywhere. Like I, if you have to Uber, like I Ubered to like a different part of Brooklyn to go to my girlfriend's place a few days ago and I got there in like 10 minutes. I was like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> that sounds crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's just get right into some Bears recap. Um, yeah. What is your biggest takeaway from the, the stomping the Bears provided on Sunday uh, that you have? Uh, Mitch Trubisky was the correct pick. At, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> not, the, not that. But, look, they moved the ball. Um, I think that's just – and it's, they've been moving the ball since uh, Trubisky took over in the three games that he started. I think this was – this is kind of weird. I kind of feel like this was the version of the Cowboys game last year in 2019. They were both week 14, actually, and the Bears have done historically very, very well on week 14 under Mitch actually Trubisky. Actually saw that, saw that you uh, tweeted that out, actually. Yeah, yeah. So – it, it was like the offense, they were having fun. They were moving the ball. The defense, Khalil Mack woke up. They, I mean, the Texans really had no one on offense. Like their top, what, like three or four receivers were all like, if you include uh, DeAndre Hopkins in that, they had pretty much Keith QT and then some guy named Chad Hansen as their top two <laughs> weapons. So you really weren't expecting too much from their offense, but you have to give the Bears defense credit because they had not played well at all in the past couple weeks. It was nice to see it all come together. It's, Kind of unfortunate they lost the Lions game because I think this could have been a huge win if they had held on in that game and they would have been in playoff position. So kind of unfortunate. It might be a little bit too uh, too little too late. But, I mean, you like to see them win some games down the stretch. I still think that if they're not going to make the playoffs, which it still looks like it's not going to happen, you want as high of a draft pick as you could possibly get. But to a certain extent, as a fan and as just someone who's been following this team, you need to win a game here and there like six yeah. straight losses is just never good and it's it's good to see that they they won a game I don't think it's really going to change much even though there is this rumor now that they might have given uh Ryan Pace an extension for a year I don't know if that's actually true I've been seeing it uh it's just one extra year to line up with Nagy's contract so I still don't think it's going to change too much and I think if they miss the playoffs there still will be changes but it was it was nice to see you know it definitely was nice to see a win uh Bears victory Monday is no. always nice with those changes, you say, because um, I actually had heard that on, a, a, on other Bears podcasts that I happen to listen to, um, talking about, you know, if, if Pace gets to stay for a year, um, does a change still – because a change has to happen, right? Does that happen – do you think that happens at the president position, if anything, then? Well, it seems – I don't know if you heard the rumor. I think David Kaplan said on a show that Ted Phillips might retire. Yeah, That changes everything. That. So if he's not there, I don't know what's going to happen. I think I, I still am of the mindset that I kind of, if this team continues, if they don't make the playoffs, if they finish eight and eight, seven and nine, which it kind of feels like they might, even though their schedule is pretty soft at the end of the season, I feel like they have to make at least some sort of change. 
And if Ted Phillips is out, they're bringing a new president. I kind of feel like the new president's going to want to set this, like he's making all the decisions. I think he might want to fire Ryan Pace and then new GM will want to fire a coach. But I mean, they have to get started on that pretty soon because on the Monday after the regular season ends, a lot of teams do this. So I don't know. I don't know what the process of that is going to look like. It's all rumors at this point. I don't have any inside information. I'm not going to provide too much insight on that, (laughs) but it's just, it's going to be interesting. I still think change should happen. And it feels like based on what's happened over the past several weeks that they're moving in that direction. And you talk to people close to the team. That's kind of what people seem to expect, but you know, it's the bears. They kind of (laughs) surprise you every once in a while. Yeah, absolutely. I would be more inclined to think that if there is one position in the organization that needs change that I think any and you let's say that there's a hypothetical that they the bears say okay we can only make one change I think it has to be at the top of Ted Phillips just because 20 I mean 20 plus years is long enough to be as overall mediocre as they have been right I mean yeah. At least yeah. at least you could give Pace some credit in to what he's built with, at least on the defensive side of the ball and how he does later in the drafts, right? So you can kind of, you know, maybe let him skate by on that. But just like Ted as a president is just – it's time, right? He had the chance to bring in Chris Ballard. Chris Ballard worked for the Bears. And right. apparently Ryan Pace blew the doors off the interview, with which Ted Phillips was sitting in there doing that interview. And he was so impressed with Ryan Pace that he decided to skew that and bring Pace in – which Pace, he does, he has done some nice things, but he's also done some terrible things. He's done some right. franchise-altering things that were not good, obviously, and he kind of the whole Trubisky debacle, the more you read about it, the more you kind of see that he just kind of blindsided everybody and just went rogue, and the checks and balances that you need to make when you make such a huge decision weren't there, and that's that goes all the way to the top. And, I mean, Ted Phillips is responsible for that, and I don't know, it, it's it seems like – it seems like that is could happen, and I think it'd be a good thing. I think it'd be a good thing for everybody. He's been around for way too long. Like you think about the, some of the best kind of figures at the top of Chicago sports, like Theo Epstein, what, like eight years? And he did some great right. things. He's yeah. going to go yeah, down absolutely. as one of the all-time great Chicago executives of all time. And Ted Phillips has been there twice as long and hasn't done anything. Yeah, it's depressing. Uh, I definitely think if any change happens, it's got to be Ted Phillips. Like 100%, there's no reason for him to be there any longer. Yeah, you, you bring up specifically with you bringing up Chris Ballard, and I think, I think that's a big reason, not, not just because of what Chris Ballard's done in Indy. Is, uh, my understanding is that when Chris Ballard came in, he wanted to have a lot more direct communication with the McCaskies. And I think that was like a that must have been such a huge issue for Ted Phillips because uh, of of his ego being in the way of like you know he's like no 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 this is me I'm the one that gets to talk to the McCaskies you know that seems like that might have been like the downfall of potentially having the right guy pulling the strings for your organization. Yeah, didn't he want to fire John Fox or something? No, what was who was the he, he wanted to fire. You might have wanted to get rid of Jay Fox. Cutler. I think that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was, and, there was like a, and John Fox at the time, yeah. I think that, I think Pace brought in Fox his first year, but um, I could be wrong about that. But I, I know – Yeah, no, you're right. They made him hire John Fox. That's right, 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 right. Exactly. And that's that's like a Ted – like Ted Phillips has been kind of like he, – he was the one who wanted Bruce Arians to do a mock press conference when he was interviewing for the head <laughs> coaching job. And then they end up with Mark Tressman, and that's obviously – it's just um, – Maybe reassign him. Maybe have him do something else. But it, it's it seems like 
his time has come. And I think yeah. most people in Chicago kind of realize that. Because at the very least, he's a businessman. So if you want to yeah. shift him to the that side of the operations and do it, you know, yeah. but he's not the football guy. And that's no, pretty absolutely obvious. not. Yeah, totally. Um, so let's let's get away from the Bears a little bit because they are a disappointment this season. <laughs> I had a couple questions for you that just go to you, but what's it like working for the New York Post? Is it such a big media outlet? So I've been here basically since I graduated college. I, uh, I graduated in 2016 and I, I worked at like a, a content marketing firm in Skokie for like four or five months after I graduated. Then I moved out here like, I guess around like, yeah, four years ago, like almost right now. Um, I, I started on the new side. So what I was doing is I'd actually worked there until very recently. I was um, kind of just we have a web team that kind of takes all of the stories that the print is doing and we put it online. So we build it in the back end on WordPress. We publish it. We do the headlines, we do the photos, we do the news alerts. Um, I spent two years working the overnight shift. So that was an adventure. I would get in at 11 PM and I would get off at 7 AM and I would do it like once or twice a week. It, it kind of switched. And then I would go back to then the other three days or the other four days I would do uh, 3 PM to 11 PM. So it was either nights or overnights. So that was interesting. I, they, I'm the only guy there in the overnights. They kind of threw me in right away. I was kind of publishing stuff. I, I had like a lot more um, kind of oversight than I think a lot of like fresh college grads would have. <laughs> um, then I got moved to like a more normal schedule. I got like a Monday through Friday going on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very interesting. You, you, the teams are kind of like stratified. Like we're kind of communicating with each other and, then the desk they're sending us stories and we're just kind of doing what we're doing with it and we send it out. It's definitely interesting. Uh, some characters. I mean, it's, it's a very, um, a <laughs> lot of classic New York guys, a lot of guys who've just been there for 30 years. Um, and it's just kind of, it's, it's been an adventure. I've actually moved to sports recently full time. Um, so I became a digital content editor there actually a few weeks ago. So this hasn't been that long. Well, and congratulations. I, um, yeah, it was actually supposed to happen before the pandemic, and then some obviously that happened, and then things right. just didn't really work out. Um, but yeah, it's it's really like you meet someone new every day when you're in the office, and it's just it's it's fun. It's fun. I, I enjoy it. Um, it's yeah, it's been interesting <laughs> kind of having to work from home recently. Um, it's it's like pretty easy. Like my job is pretty easy to do at my desk in my apartment because it's like all on a laptop and you know, I have to right. like all the communication could be done electronically and it's pretty straightforward. Um, but yeah, the sports section is great. Like I truly think the New York post is one of the best sports sections in the country. Like we've had some really, really legacy writers who've been around forever who are really good at what they do. Guys like Joel Sherman, Ken Davidoff. Um, I get to write and edit or I get to edit their stories. And it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. That's awesome. Has, where'd you, general, uh, where'd you go to college? I went to Northwestern. So. Oh, perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. Go Cats. Yeah, go Cats. <laughs> I'm a Michigan fan. Yeah, I'm mm -hmm. a Michigan fan, so I, I'm not full Cats, but I do love what Pat Fitzgerald's doing for them. But another question that I had, was journalism, like, always something that you wanted to be a part of, or did it, like, come to you? So I always want to be a writer, and I, I, like, I write fiction, too. I'm, like, working on a novel. I haven't been working on it recently at all. I've really put it on the shelf recently because I've just had so much other stuff going on. And I'm just kind of, like, had kind of a crisis of inspiration. But I always kind of knew I wanted to write something. And I just applied to a bunch of different – like, I was also a musician. I applied to music school. I, I applied to, like, some business schools. I just applied to, like, 11 different schools. And I kind of just, like – 
the best school I got into was Northwestern for journalism. And I was like, all right, I guess that's what I'm doing. Uh, and then I never really done, I didn't, wasn't on part of my like high school paper or anything. I wasn't, um, I never really had a ton of like journalism writing experience, but they get you into it pretty quickly. And then I was, for my first couple of years at college, I was mostly focused on like TV and entertainment journalism. I like interviewed Aaron Paul for a story. Um, mm. And then they place you at an internship at Northwestern. It's kind of part of everybody's like curriculum. So like one, we're on the yeah, quarter I system. I have the same so, thing going on at, right, right. Yeah, I have the same thing going on at DePaul. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So my, so one of the one the one that I just like decided I wanted to do was Sports Illustrated. I was like, all right, I would love that. I love sports. I'd always like written, um, or I'd always like followed sports and love sports. I'd never really written about sports. And I applied to the journalism or the Sports Illustrated JR and I got it. So then my senior year, I moved to New York for three months and was an intern at Sports Illustrated. And I was like, all right, that's, that's what I'm doing. And then I freelanced for them. I covered the Blackhawks in the 2016 playoffs when they lost to the Blues and I was supposed to like kind of stick around for their entire run if they went on a run and of course they lost in the first round so it was <laughs> a little disappointing but um then yeah and then I, after that I just was looking at journalism and sports stuff and then I got hired at the New York Post and that was it awesome that's cool yeah. I've I've never like really like truly wanted to do journalism but I thought of it like as being a career option but yeah. it's just interesting to hear people's story about how they got into it yeah. um so I, actually, I had one more Bears question for you. Do you mm-hmm. where do you think he will be next season? Is he, you mean Mitch Trubisky? Yes. <laughs> um, where do I think? So I don't know how much I actually believe this, but I have like a sneaking suspicion that he's going to end up in the Patriots, and he's going to be like the Patriots are going to draft a quarterback in the first or the second round this year. And then they're going to bring in their Mike Glennon is going to be Mitch Trubisky. And they're going to put him in a competition in camp. And then Trubisky will probably win the job and start for a few games and he'll be okay. He'll like kind of, they won't ask him to do too much. They'll run a lot. And then the quarterback who they draft will eventually take over. And then he'll be kind of doing the same. Like, I I feel like he's just going to have a career where he's just kind of the one B or the backup for a lot of teams. And he'll be in the league for a really long time because he's shown the ability to kind of do that to be successful in spurts but he's never shown any consistency and I kind of feel like that ship has sailed at this point for him to be like a star quarterback but wherever he ends up going I don't think he's going to be the starter I other teams I could see like I kind of feel like he could be a really good backup for the Titans I kind of feel like if they they run a, an offense that I think would work for him uh I'm trying to think of where else I would consider. I, could I think uh, I think a place for him is um, potentially to see him is in San Francisco. That's what I was. I was thinking about that. Yeah, the thing is though, I kind of feel like San Francisco, if they were to get a new quarterback, I think they would need they would want to get someone who's an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo, and I don't think anyone really thinks that Mitch is. And I think because they're so close, they went to the Super Bowl last year. They have so much talent on the team. Right. I kind of feel like if he were to go to a team where he would compete for a starting job, it would have to be one that's like not necessarily going to compete right away or he could be a backup for a good team. Right. And I don't think he's, I don't think, I think San Francisco is going to go after Matt Ryan or something along the, I mean, Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan went to the Super Bowl yeah. together. In right. the so, uh, but yeah, San Francisco, he'd probably be decent in San Francisco. I think he's, a, <laughs> I don't think he's that much worse than Jimmy Garoppolo, honestly. I just he's think he'd be a really athletic. good fit. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, 
Kyle Shanahan kind of operates in like the most quarterback independent offense of any team in the NFL. It's like you really only need competency at the position because there's right. so much like yeah. so much like jet sweeps. The running game is so strong. It's it's like they don't ask quarterbacks to do too much. Right. Which is why I think that would be an offense that Trubisky would be able to excel in. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Where I think he could do well, definitely San Francisco. I just don't think I don't see why they would want necessarily to bring him in. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see. Next, this year's draft class, it was very deep at the quarterback position. Who do you think was best? Of the past one? Of the, yeah, this just, the one that just happened. I think Joe Burrow will, uh, well, now that the injury happened, I, I kind of thought Joe, Bur- I'd still think Joe Burrow was the best prospect. I think Justin Herbert has been the most impressive. I think Tua is the third. <laughs> And I like Jalen Hurts. I like what I saw from Jalen Hurts, and we haven't seen anything from Jordan Love yet. Um, obviously, one game from Jalen Hurts is not a referendum on him. I think all things equal, if the injury had not happened to Joe Burrow, he would have ended up being the best quarterback out of this draft. Obviously, it's a really devastating knee injury, and you don't know whether or not he'll be able to come back from it. And I think Herbert is also extremely, extremely good. I, that means what I'm, me saying that has nothing to do with Herbert. I just <laughs> thought Joe Burrow was awesome. I think Herbert is awesome, too. Um, and I think maybe if you were to like, if you were to bet who's going to win the MVP first between Burrow and Herbert, now my bet would be on Herbert. Right. But I thought Joe Burrow might've been the best prospect. I actually was not high on Herbert. I really, I'm not a big college football guy. I'm obviously a big Northwestern fan. Um, I did a little bit of research on Herbert kind of this year. Cause I was just kind of bored. It was like the peak of the pandemic and I have anything else to do. So I was like watching film and I saw a lot of like glaring inconsistencies with Herbert, and I basically didn't think he was going to do anything in the NFL. And all of a sudden, he's a superstar. And I was just totally wrong. So <laughs> I, maybe it's, that's still kind of in the back of my head. But yeah, you know, yeah, I was because def- I'm an Oregon. Oregon is my football team when it comes okay. to college, and and I always thought that his uh, his big issue was that Oregon runs a very great college offense that has a lot of things that ha- like that don't necessarily translate over to the NFL. And that was my thought. My big issue was that him making the adjustments to NFL offenses, but he's super smart. That was like where I was like, cause he's an academic Heisman winner. So yeah. I was like, maybe he can be smart enough to figure that out. So I think you're right that like he was right to question. Yeah. They run a yeah. lot of like RPOs and stuff like that. Right. It's just like, it's right. very, but, and it's like, yeah, it's like it's like shotgun but almost pistol like it's like not like that's like the where the quarterback like the back's not next to him it's like behind him a little bit you know like so they're but mostly rpos with quick passes and things like that so yeah it almost it almost makes me think they were like underutilizing him to a certain extent because he's so like yeah, naturally talented he has so many natural quarterback like instincts mm-hmm. that he just kind of didn't really get to employ that much in my, like yeah, from what i've good. seen from him this year yeah, I agree with that completely. I think Oregon didn't use him to his fullest abilities at all. And I was actually higher on Justin Herbert than I was with Tua. I thought just what he did show with the deep ball and after Tua's injury, I just figured that Herbert had to have been just fit better in an NFL team just because of his size, his smarts, and his overall arm talent. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I watched him in the Rose Bowl – and a lot of the stuff I saw that would like impress me where he was like running the ball a lot. He was just like, he, he was doing all these things that like made me 
He he like willed that team to victory in that game, and I was like, man, yes, if only he could just put the arm and the like accuracy and all that together and just be a complete quarterback, he'd be a superstar. But I just kind of doubted that he would. But I was clearly wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's very he's very good. He's showing a lot of things for yeah. the future in Sandy. Well, not San Diego, LA. Yeah, I stack uh, Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen in DraftKings every week, and it usually cashes for me. This week it did not, but well, because Keenan went out right for a little bit. Is did he? Right? I think I don't know. I, I kind of stopped watching that game. <laughs> now that we get some NFL talk out of the way, what do you think the postseason looks like uh, around the NFL? So I, I just the Chiefs are going to be the one seed, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. I, I think I just put a futures bet in on like the Chiefs. I think it was the cheapest I thought I would ever get it, or the um, the longest odds I think I'd ever get it, like Chiefs plus two seventy five to win the Super Bowl, and I'm Wait, like, what? Right, yeah, yeah, on DraftKings a couple weeks ago, um, and I was like, yeah, all right, I'm, I'm in. Um, I mean, obviously it's the NFL, so it's not necessarily like the NBA where like the best team is guaranteed to win because any team can slip up in any game. But I mean, the AFC to me, it just feels like there's the Chiefs and then there's everybody else, and there's a lot of very solid cusp teams. Like I feel like Steelers already clinched. They're going to be probably the two. And then the Colts or the Titans will be the three. And I think whichever team doesn't win the division will be in the playoffs as well. What's the other division? Um, the, AFC East, the Bills. AFC East, right. The Bills are going to win the division. Um, I think the Raiders are out. I don't think they're going to make it. I think they've kind of just fallen apart over the past few weeks. They should have lost to the Jets. Not very good. The defense is awful. And then we got, the, I think, the Colts slash Titans and the Browns feel like they're pretty locked in. And the seventh seed is going to be I, – I simply think the Ravens are going to come out of nowhere. They're going to win some games down the stretch, and they're going to threaten for that last um, that last spot. Um, the Dolphins, they have the murderer's row of a schedule going forward. They're in the spot right now. But I, I kind of feel like they're not quite there yet. They're a year away. Um, so – and then the Chiefs are going to win the AFC. I mean, we can kind of like, – Yeah, I don't think it's even close. Yeah, I don't really – like, I think all those teams are good, but – not good enough to beat the Chiefs. And they're all beat up on each other and then they'll lose to the Chiefs. So I think the only team that's even a little bit capable is the Bills just because of the amount of offense they can also produce. Yeah, they have the most probably the most explosive offense of any other teams that are left, but their defense hasn't been that good this year. That's quietly struggled a lot. And I mean the the Chiefs already beat the Bills this year. I, I mean it was close I, though. It was a very it was close, close game. It was a weird game. The Chiefs just like ran the ball forty times in that game for some right. weird reason. Um, but in the NFC, I honestly think it's going to be the Packers or the Rams. And I've kind of come along down that road recently. I think the Rams, I've kind of struggled to buy into them for the entire season, mostly because I don't really trust Jared Goff. And I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like as long as the Rams aren't, as long as Sean McVay isn't coaching against Kyle Shanahan, he's, he taken to win the game most times. And like, Packers, apart from that kind of meltdown against the Bucks and that game against the Colts and the game against the Vikings, which were both, they were all like Aaron Rodgers played well in those last two. He didn't play well against the Bucks. Like he's, he's going to be the MVP. I think, I think he's the best quarterback in the league this year. He's just, his efficiency is off the charts. That offense just, it seems like he's having fun playing football again. It feels like he fits really well into that offense. And I, Unfortunately for us, I kind of feel like they might be the best team in the <laughs> NFC. And the Seahawks just – I Russell Wilson has come down to earth recently. Their defense is bad, and they've gotten a little bit better. But as they've gotten better, their offense has gotten worse. And then <laughs> I don't really – I don't necessarily think that the Bucks or the – like the Saints, 
maybe. But it kind of feels like they have a devastating loss in the playoffs every year. And Drew Brees is 41. He can't throw the ball more than five yards down the field. Their defense has gotten much better as the season's gone along. But I kind of feel like they're not a team that's built to catch up. So if they take, if they lose, if they go down in a game, I kind of feel like they'd have trouble kept, like keeping pace with a team like the Packers. And they already lost yeah. to the Packers this year. So I, I, I always pick the Saints to win the NFC, and they always don't. So I don't <laughs> want to do it again. I kind of feel like. The Packers, in my opinion, I think are, are the one, like not necessarily going to be the one seed, but I think they're the best team and most likely to make the Super Bowl. The Rams are probably second, and the Saints are probably third. The Bucks, I just don't, I don't think the fit is perfect with Bruce Arians and Tom Brady, and I think Bruce Arians is quietly super stubborn and not doing the best job of coaching this year because he's so married to his offense and he doesn't really look like he wants to adjust and let Tom Brady do what he's good at. So, like, maybe they'll figure that out by the playoffs, and they have a great defense, so that's possible. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a little bit skeptical of them as well. Yeah, so am I. I like that the... you touched on the Rams there. I think you're right with Jared Goff, is that if Jared Goff is upright, the Rams are going to probably win that game. But I, I, so I, think, I think with you talking, like, they're sneaky when it comes to the playoffs because as long as if, they're, if he's upright – then they're probably moving the ball efficiently and they have a top three defense in the NFL. So, Yeah, I, they have the best defense in the NFC, I think. And yeah. I, I think that means a lot when it comes down to the playoffs and it comes into January. They run the ball really well. Cam Akers is exploding now. He's really good. They have three solid backs. They, they can, they're another team that can kind of shield their quarterback. They can get all these bootlegs and make easy reads and easy throws and move the ball pretty efficiently without having to have great quarterback play. And like, maybe that won't work out against Aaron Rodgers, but I don't know. Sean McVay is a great coach. So they punked the bears earlier this year. So (laughs) you can kind (laughs) of see that firsthand. I mean, that defense is going to lead them as far as it takes them. That's wherever that defense goes, that's how far the Rams are going to go. And I think that that is like the only team that could possibly beat the Packers just because of Jalen Ramsey could potentially shut down Devonte Adams. And then Aaron Donald's going to be Aaron Donald. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a great playoff race. Uh, I personally think that the only way the saints will move on is if they start putting Jamison at quarterback. Well, I think that should have happened multiple weeks ago. I think yeah, we kind of saw like Taysom Hill had two games against the Falcons with a bad defense, one game against a team that wasn't starting a quarterback against the Broncos. And we're all like, all right, Taysom Hill's the guy. And you didn't realize that he was just missing throws. So those, all those games, the second game against the Falcons, he looked better. And he wasn't awful this past week against the saints, but he was clearly limited. He missed a lot of throws. He fumbles. He's okay. He is tied for second in the NFL in fumbles with about a third as many touches as the guys ahead of him. So, like, Carson Wentz, Daniel Jones, I think, are tied with him, and maybe Derek Carr is ahead of him. But he just he just is turnover prone. He fumbles the ball a lot. It's not good. You can't have that. And, like, Jameis Winston is clearly a better quarterback, and I don't really yeah, – I, I mean, maybe it. they have to be seeing something in practice that makes them not want to put him on the field. And, like, obviously Jameis Winston is turnover prone too, but at least he can throw the ball down the field with success, and he's been very good in stretches. So – I find that very weird. I find their whole quarterback situation very weird. So it feels like Sean Payton is insistent on making Taysom Hill happen. I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be like he's not understanding the offense completely or something. Maybe, or maybe yeah. him and Michael Thomas aren't just like vibing together. It's, it's got to be something that we're nobody's seeing, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. 
yeah, I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's a very weird situation for them. Thanks, Jeremy. It was awesome talking to you. Uh, yeah, thanks for good, having me on, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck with your bets this weekend and tonight. Uh, you're welcome on at any time. Yeah, man, have me on back whenever you want. I'm uh, I'm always down to be on other people's podcasts. I enjoy shooting the shit. Am I allowed to say that in your pod? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, I, I, dude, I like, I live in New York and I, all my friends are like Giants fans and I have a couple of Eagles fans friends. So I like, I don't really have people to talk like my high school friends. I talk to about bear stuff with all the time, but I don't see them as often. So I'm always down to just like hop on and talk about some Chicago sports. So whenever you want. Anytime. Absolutely. Hell yeah. All right, man. It was awesome. Thank you so much. It was great to talk to you, man. Take it easy, man. Enjoy. Thanks. All right, Lucas, let's move on to some other things around the NFL. Let's start with uh, that, that Packers-Lions game. Um, I think we could both agree here. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. Uh, you didn't read the notes because it clearly I says I Lucas was setting you up, brother. I disagrees. Was you up. Lucas disagrees. Uh, I think it's very close. I don't think he's for sure the MVP yet. Uh Pat Mahomes just had his first okay game of the season. He wasn't bad at it all. Three picks. Uh, and, and two not, of them in the first quarter. Two, one of, a couple of those were great plays. And, yeah, it's, he's still young. He's going to make mistakes sometimes. And the, but it's just, took a 30-yard sack yesterday. That was bad. That was very bad. He was trying to do too much. I think he was a little worried about how frisky the Dolphins are and worried that, like, we can't lose to this team, so I have to be at my best. And he was at his worst of the season so far. But I, Who has the most touchdown passes in the NFL this year? Aaron Rodgers. Who has the least interception thrown this year in the NFL? Aaron Rodgers. Ooh. Yikes. Sounds like an MVP. Who's leading in yards? Who also has the fastest man alive on his team? It's not his fault. <laughs> okay, it's, but no. But what you're I, right. It's definitely a close race. For it sure. is very close. And I, the only reason I think Patrick Mahomes will end up winning because we won't see that again from Patrick Mahomes. That seems I would be I would be more inclined to think you're right because that's like his first like game like that ever um it's his first multiple interception game of over two interceptions like the, the, he's only ever thrown two interceptions in a game and it's only it was like two times i think so like that's doesn't happen the Dolphins secondary is very good it's uh, just had an off day and against a very good defense uh so props to the dolphins for showing out but yeah i think it's a very close race it will come down to uh, the last game of the season. Who's going to win that? Uh, in that Packers-Lions game, let's talk about how Matthew Stafford might be the toughest dude on the planet because I don't think he wanted to come out of that game, but for no. him to be in a position to where like he's not going to play or finish a game, you know that dude is hurt. Yeah, dude, he's, he's, uh, he's so tough. I mean, he's been I, playing most of the year with a torn thumb ligament on his yeah. throwing hand. He's incredible. I've, 
he's probably the most underrated quarterback in the NFL, and he has been his entire career. Um, if Which he's is nuts because he's a number one overall pick. Yeah, if he played anywhere else, he probably would have won an MVP by now. He oh, yeah. probably would have won a Super Bowl by now. Yep. He'd probably be being talked about as probably one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Yeah. Because he's that talented. He's. I still think he has the third strongest arm in the league just because he's on the plus side of 30 and there's a guy named Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen who can throw the ball a hundred yards. Right. And he can throw a 99. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's 30, what, two, 33. He's yeah, incredible. I, he's I, I, I hope the lions trade him, which they should because they're not going to be good next year. No. They, they have to go through a rebuild again. Yeah, they have to rebuild right. again. You might as well go ahead and get yourself a first or a second round pick for Matt Stafford. I think they can get a second. Yeah, just I, th- I think they. He's, could, it's because he's older, right? Yeah, like, that they I, would have to get a second. But like, yeah. maybe maybe you get a couple seconds. Maybe you get a second right. for this year. Maybe a second next year. Right. But you're definitely getting a haul for a quarterback that is very very good. Like, what if he goes to Denver? What if yeah, Denver, that could be an answer for them for sure. Yeah, like he goes to Denver, Von Miller comes back, and they have all these weapons. Yeah, great That'd tight ends, contender, good speedy receivers. Yeah, absolutely. I, or what if I, I know we've talked about a uh, couple different like possibilities in San Francisco. What if he yeah. goes there? Like yeah, I, they, cool. I know the dynamic of Kyle Shanahan and Matt Ryan is very like imposing its will on whether Matt Ryan's going to be there, which I think he will be, but Matt Stafford's younger. He's better. Right. So like, there's a, there's endless possibilities for this guy. And I, I just hope he gets a chance to play elsewhere. I know he probably loves being in Detroit. He's been there his whole career. They've given him everything. Well, not everything. They've given him enough. <laughs> Megat- they gave they, him Megatron. Yeah, they gave him Megatron. Uh, and they probably aren't going to bring back Kenny Galladay because the they're, they're stupid. Right. <laughs> and they don't ever break, re-sign receivers. That's one of the reasons why Calvin retired early because they were like, nah, we don't want to pay you. And he was like, well, fuck it. I don't really want to move. <laughs> they, made him give, they made him give him back like $1.2 million. Yeah, so it's – who knows? Uh, and, yeah, and then I think last thing to note from that game uh, is that if the Packers defense can show up a few times a game, right? Like if they could make a good stop, create a turnover, yeah, I think there's they're a Super Bowl team. Absolutely. Uh, I mean that offense is too good. It's exactly. too good. There, there are so many questions of like, why you draft your own love? Why didn't you do this? Which is still stupid. They should have drafted another receiver. But yes. they're making it work. I mean, yeah. you probably still have Aaron Rodgers. At yeah, I, th- I mean, Aaron Rodgers is increasingly like just making a conversation that he's the best quarterback talent-wise to ever play the game. And it's like very, very like not even – I was just about to say something stupid. Very, very not even close. It's just, <laughs> not, it's just not close. Yeah. Like he is so – incredibly talented he knows everything that's going on and if that if he had a defense right if he had the defense that they were playing like last year this year they're probably undefeated right now like close because that defense last year doesn't 
give up 240 yards to Dalvin Cook that doesn't let the Bucks walk all over him. Right. And it's just it's just a different team. So yeah, if the that defense shapes up and can start making a couple plays a game, like two they have a couple punts, maybe a turnover. Right. They're they're golden because like right now they're averaging like forcing like two punts a game, um, like twenty two points or something like that. And obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to score more than twenty two points, but sometimes that offense is going to be ineffective when you're going up against a great defense. So they have to step up, especially if they're going to beat the Rams or the Saints in the playoffs or even the Seahawks because the Seahawks offense could light them up and the Seahawks love to beat the Packers. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. Yeah. I, I, it, they, like I said, we just, they just need a couple stops, right? Um, let's, let's not talk about Titans, Jags or Steelers bills. Let's talk more about Chiefs Dolphins um, because I think we are going to, we're pushing a little long just of what we're going to do. Yeah. This episode. Um, okay. And three, two, one. All right, let's hit on our last game that we wanted to recap, and that was we touched on it a little bit with our MVP talk. Um, Chiefs-Dolphins. Uh, that was an interesting game because we got, to, we got to see more human Patrick Mahomes, uh, which was – which felt almost wrong in a way. I didn't like it. You know, so like, – <laughs> yeah, it was like kind of like you're like, Patrick Mahomes, you're not – you're not supposed to do those things. Um, you know, the, the, the game started off a, like a little slow for the Chiefs. Um, I mean, hey, hell, they didn't even have a, um, a first quarter point. That's even like, that's even crazier is that Mahomes throws two picks and they don't score any points in the first quarter. Yeah, that's I mean, crazy. Um, and then we, something we, we got to find out something about the Dolphins about how They've got a good defense, and I don't know that they get talked about enough as having a good defense because you said earlier that, that their secondary, you know, secondary is great, right? I, I mean, mean Xavier Howard, the last two years, was the leaning uh, – he led the league in interceptions. And then you bring in Byron Jones from Dallas, and he was, like, top five in interceptions. and. Yeah. He's a lockdown guy too, so they have two number one corners on that team, and they, like that does a lot for your team. That's the most important position besides defensive end on the football field. Like maybe even more important because who's the quarterback has to throw to somebody, and those guys cover those guys. Right. So they're, they're uh, very good. Like yeah. uh, they can. They, I think they're one year away. Uh, next yeah. year, I don't think that they'll make the playoffs this year, um, just because the AFC is so stacked. Um. But the future is looking bright for Miami. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's something that I wanted to talk about too, is that I didn't think, and I'm still not 100% sold, um, but I didn't think that Tua was going to be a good NFL quarterback. Now, because... Good or great? Good. I think he would have been more serviceable than anything. Yeah, that's what um, those were my thoughts on him. So, you know, and and he's and he's not played over the moon this year, right? He's still a rookie, still learning things. So, like, that's gonna happen, right? 
Um, but he's played well, right? He, he looks like they probably have their guy for right now. I know this is his rookie year and we're not all the way through it. So we've got some time to figure that out. But I didn't think, I thought he had a lot of hype coming out of Alabama because he was not like Alabama quarterbacks because he was like way different athletically, like him and Jalen Hurts, both crazy athletic, but I think Tua had like a little bit of the edge athletically because he could throw a little bit better than Jalen Hurts at Alabama. And because he came in and, and won them a national championship in the second half. Right. So I think this kind of legend grew a little bit for Tua. And I don't know that he ever like lived up to that legend that got created for himself. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I mean, I didn't think Tua was – I honestly didn't even think he was that great at Alabama. Yeah. He was never in Heisman conversations. He, and he was, was, but he was never – like, he never – I don't think he ever – no, he'd finished top two. He did finish top two. But, like – I he, but he was, See, I disagreed with that. I don't think the Heisman voters do a very good job with voting for the Heisman. So, I don't really ever go, like, off their standards because I think it's shit. Like, Jabril Pepper should have won – those couple years ago, because whenever you have a defensive guy in the Heisman talk, they win. They should win. Like, there's no questions about that to me. Uh, the only one that shouldn't have won was uh, Manti. He sucked. But uh, it's just, it, he never, like, took over. Yeah. I, like, I mean, it was always Alabama's defense winning games, not Tua. Well, and, well, but like, and then Alabama is just a better coach team than everybody else. So like, that's just what's, what was going to happen. Right. So, you know, I just, I think, I think they could, they could have their answer in Tua. I just think we've got a little bit of time to uh, maybe figure some stuff out. All right, Lucas, that was some good NFL talk. Now let's do the important thing. I don't know if you know this, but you went four and two in your bets last week. I, I looked it up. Um, Let's go. Why don't you give us this next week's bets and give us Lucas's best bets? Uh, the parlay was so close to hitting. It was so close. The Raiders failed me. Um, and the Giants, I think it was in my other team. But whatever. The parlay is a long shot in itself. So this week, we got Eagles-Cardinals in the over. I think Jalen Hurts is going to light it up and catch another win against a bad Cardinals defense, and that's over is 48-and-a-half. Look for that to be a shootout. Uh, and then in the under, I got Cowboys 49ers, 45-and-a-half. That game is going to be bad. It's going to be a very very bad football game, and I think I got the 49ers gonna, to win that one. Uh, spread, uh, I got the Dolphins minus 2-and-a-half. That's minus 110 odds. Uh, then we got the – for the money line, we dogged this week. The Chargers going up against the Falcons. I don't understand how they're an underdog. They are going to light the char- the Falcons up. Um, and then favorite the Bills. So out question there. They're playing the Jets. Um, yeah, I know they're not. They're not playing the Jets. I can't remember who they're playing. But they are minus three hundred. So it's big odds for them to win that game. And then the parlay is a little combination of some of the other bets. You got Chargers, Dolphins. And a shocker, they haven't been in the parlay for a while, the Bears. <laughs> I think they're rolling now. This offense is going. The Bears are going to beat the Vikings in Minnesota, and they love to do it. I think you're I, th- I would be inclined to take the Bears, too, if I was a, a big gambling person. But thank you, Lucas. I appreciate you giving us your Hell best yeah. bet. Uh, it's plus uh, one, 10-16 for that Ooh, parlay. I like that. 
All right, Lucas, it's time for a fun one. Let's do stock up, stock down. Lucas, hit me with your stock up. UNC running backs. Whenever you have two guys combined for 500 yards, <laughs> some running backs don't even do that in a season at the NFL level, let alone most do at the college level if they're starters. But those guys combined for 500 plus yards and what, six touchdowns, five touchdowns, they lit it up. Uh, Michael Carter, and I can't remember their names off the top of my head. Isaiah, um, I'm sorry, that's not, that's a Texas a A&M guy. <laughs> we um, used, I, uh, Michael Carter and, let me get that for you. I got it right now. Michael Carter and Javante Williams. Javante Williams. Okay, so Michael Carter was the one that went for 301. I, he went He went for 308. 308. I read that wrong. 308. He is the most underrated running back in this year's draft class. He's going to go in like the fourth or fifth round, maybe the third. He is the Alvin Kamara of this draft, whoever Ooh, gets him. I like that. Yeah, because he's a big, strong back that can catch passes. I think you're right. Whoever gets him is getting a steal at running back. My stock up is a guy that I had as my stock down barely last week, um, just barely because he didn't win on the big stage, and that was Zach Wilson, quarterback out of BYU. I thought he had a good bounce-back game. I think he went for just over 300 yards with, like, two touchdowns. Three TDs. Um, was it three? Perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, just it obviously needed the bounce-back game just to help him out because uh, that would have been really bad if he just, like, kind of had, like, a weird free fall after just losing to Coastal Carolina. Um I think that shows his ability, right, to as like to be the guy to, um, you know, like if a team if his team loses, they'll bounce back, right, and then he can perform well. Um, so I I really like that out of him, and I like to see him be able to, you know, keep his bring his team back. Yes, they didn't play as good of competition as they did uh, the week before, but I still think he beat the team that he's supposed to beat, you know. So I think I think that was good to see out of him. Uh, Lucas, give me your stock down. Uh, the Wisconsin offensive line, uh, they're known for being the heart and soul of that team and running the football. They had 55 yards. You, that is not Wisconsin football. You're going up against your rival in Iowa. You got to run the ball and pound it. And they, didn't, they couldn't do it. So anybody, every guy on the Wisconsin offensive line that's going to be drafted this season, after this season, is just lost a little bit. I like that. I think you're, I mean, you're right. They're a ground and pound team and, and that's what they, they do. They produce offensive And they were very bad in pass protection as well. So yeah. yeah. Didn't they have like under a hundred yards passing? Yeah. Like they were not good. And I was getting to the quarterback and they don't have much of a pass rush this year. It's not like they did last year. No. Yeah. Uh, my stock down is uh, again, another week of, of a guy like just falling a little bit. Um, and then it is Alabama quarterback, Mac Jones. Mac Jones had a good season. You know, he's put up decent numbers. He's in the Heisman conversation. He's his stock down is because I got to, because of the way the games were slated this past week with a lot of being canceled. I really got to watch the Alabama game and Alabama dominated that game. They won 52 to three. Mac Jones had no touchdowns, which is weird to see in a game that where a team scores 52 points 
that he has no touchdowns. And especially after last week when he had three in the, in the first quarter. <laughs> like, right. And, Dev- and you have uh, Devontae Smith. Uh, like, I mean, you got arguably the best receiver in college, right? And, and Dan Orlovsky actually hit on this is like one of the reasons that he's on my stock down is that he is not the quarterback the NFL is going to. He is a pocket guy. And he can be that at Alabama because Alabama has top-tier linemen at the college level. So he can be there and can sit back there and can throw the ball in a clean pocket. Can he move somewhat? Yeah. I mean, guys have to be able to move a little bit, right? But he is not a mobile guy. He's a pocket passer. And so he's got to be going to a team – that has an amazing offensive line. So for some reason, if he falls, I think I might, you might, we might be here. If he falls in the draft and the Colts are in a position to take him, that oh, that's not what team. I was thinking. That could be a good team for him, but that's the type of team he has to go to. That's a very good one. I was thinking what I was talking about earlier with Mitch possibly going somewhere, the Steelers. Yeah. Cause they have a very good offensive line as well. Yeah. I mean, but that, but that's what he needs. Yeah. Like that's absolutely. the situation he would have to go to. So for that reason, I think Indy would be a perfect fit, though. Yeah. Now that you say that, I think that would be an, an incredible addition. Stud line can be in the – so you know, Phillip Rivers isn't a mobile guy, so I think Indy could be the right place for him. But that's just me. Yeah, I, th- I, I could agree with that. All right, Lucas, let's move on to some other sports news. We'll start off with some college football. We'll roll through here pretty quick. Um, a little bit of a surprise, Florida lost to LSU, and that pretty much – shut down their playoff chances. You know who showed up? Tell me. Derek Stingley. Yeah. He shut those receivers down. He was everywhere. He didn't have it. If you end up on our stock up, stock down. You you play well. If you end up a stock down, you're going to have a good game next week. That's that's both of us. Our stock downs have better games. Yeah. So – he he definitely showed up. Uh, I don't think he had very many tackles or anything, but uh, he didn't have any yards really against him. He was locked down. Awesome. Um, I actually think that Florida losing to LSU, if for some reason they can beat Alabama, which looks more unlikely now after losing to LSU, but if for some reason they can beat Alabama, that really helps out a yeah, hundred definitely. I mean, if they if Florida beats Alabama, I think Alabama still has a conversation to be in there. But it definitely Alabama is Alabama is going to be in no matter what. Yeah, uh, unless they get their asses beat by Florida. Yeah, like if like, it's it, like a like a sixty three to ten like right for some like, reason. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way I could see them being out. But yeah, if if Florida beats Alabama, that just gives every reason for the committee to be like, okay. A&M's a pretty damn good football team because they beat they beat Florida and they lost to Alabama, but at the beginning of the season, right? Things change, right? Absolutely. So I think you're right there. I mean, it's yeah. a huge thing for A&M. Yeah. Um, I've said this last week too. Keep it keep an eye out on the on USC man. They're still they're playing well. Um, USC and Oregon are going to be playing in the Pac-12 championship game. Look out for USC. I think they've made a case for – I'm sorry, uh, buddy, but it's Washington. No, uh, today. Um, they changed it? Yeah, they uh, said Oregon wow. is going to replace them. So that is a – Lucky for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
don't think I would know something about my ducks. Um, so I just think just, you know, they're putting themselves in a position for a new year six. Um, probably not, they're, they're a huge, 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 huge long shot to even be in the conversation for <laughs> in the conversation for the playoffs. But um, watch, watch out for them to be making the case for a new year six uh, bowl game. Um, and speaking of new year six, Coastal Carolina, I think they're going to be in the New Year's Six as well. So do I. Uh, Finish with an undefeated season. I mean, they're incredible. They're really good. They're, yeah, they're fun they're, to watch. They're a very good football team. Those uniforms are awesome. Uh, mullets, like you can't mullets. beat you can't beat a mullet. Um, they're fun. They're, I think they deserve to be in the New Year's Six team. They beat BYU, who is obviously a good football team. It's just. I love the underdog stories of teams that are in those smaller conferences getting into big games and getting a chance to play a power five team. I think they deserve it. Yeah. Uh, Big 10 championship is going to be big for the playoffs because um, I actually think unless if Ohio state, this is me personally, um, I know that the playoff committee clearly doesn't view the same way because they keep Ohio state at number four, without having been playing any games. Um, if they don't blow out Northwestern, I don't know that there's a good case for them to be in the playoffs. No, I mean, they've only played, what, four games, five, five. games? So this will be six. Um, yeah, they have, to, they have to destroy them. Like, they, there has to be – there can't be any hiccups. It's got to be smooth. No mistakes. It's just like a 48 to like 20 victory or something right. like that. Uh, it's, it's, they got to blow them out. And if they lose, look out Ryan day. Like that's like fireable offense to lose to Northwestern in a championship game with playoff hopes. Uh, I don't, if I was Ohio state, I would fire him for that. I don't, you don't care get what to talk, you don't get to talk about what Ohio State should do as a Michigan State. No, I I'm completely uh, going unbiased okay. here. I'm completely uh, I, I think Ryan Day's a great coach. I just I'm saying like if Michigan lost to Northwestern in the in the Big 10 championship game, fire whoever is coaching them because anybody in the East should win the Big 10 championship game because they're better. Yeah. Uh Sure, I think I think that's a there's a good case there. Um, I do like the implications that we get to see from Notre Dame, Clemson. I like to see that we get to see both these teams at full full go. Um, I think that's what's exciting about that. Um, and then last piece um, from College News that we should talk about is that Auburn finally fired Gus Malzahn. Um, seems like it was probably two years too late, but they finally did it. So. I saw a joke about him finally getting to eat a lot of calzones. A little plan words with his name. I thought that was funny. A <laughs> uh, couple things we want to talk about with college basketball. First thing is that Iowa looks good, and so does a lot of the Big Ten. I mean, I, mean, I don't got, think there's a bad team in the Big Ten besides Rutgers. So yeah, but they don't count. Um, I mean, there's like I think it was like four or five Big Ten schools in the top 25 right now, and that's pretty awesome. And then Michigan's um, one out. They were like three votes away from being in. Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, there's Michigan State, Maryland, Ohio State, Iowa. They got two in the top five. Illinois. Illinois three in the top ten. Uh, Northwestern looks good. Michigan, Mer- Michigan's good. Minnesota's good. The, the Big Ten's loaded. They're yeah. going to hurt themselves when it comes uh, tournament time, but 
if you are a big tournament challenge person, take Big Ten teams. Yeah. And then uh, last thing with college basketball here, um, I am a Duke basketball fan. I've been a Duke basketball fan for a long time. One of the reasons is uh, I think Coach K is an incredible coach. I like the things that he's done at Duke and what he's done for the, the USA team. Um, what are you talking about? What are you talking about, Coach K? <laughs> I mean, you, you, this is, if you have your stance that there shouldn't be a season because of COVID, you need to talk about that before the season, not right after you've lost two in a row. You, you, you just you can't do that. You, you look like a little baby. And that's hard for me to say, because, but you, you can't lose to a top team and then go, we shouldn't be playing. You can't. We shouldn't be playing top teams anymore outside the ACC. <laughs> like, right. You're like, I'm only one. Because there's only the one, o- there's only one other, two other good ACC teams. Right. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's just like, like, you can't whine like that. You know, it, it, I, was, it, it was weird. It was just, it, you just can't say it like that. Yeah, you just sound I, like I a honestly, baby. I think Duke basketball's dynasty era is coming to an end. It won't, it never will be because they're Duke. And I know that sounds like, that sounds well, like. You, you understand what of, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, though. I get what you mean. They're not going to be that top 10 team every season. They'll be ranked. Right. They'll be around, but they're not going to be like, oh, look out for Duke this year. Though yeah. that'll yeah. be on and off. A um, little bit of NBA news. Um, James Harden still wants out of Houston, even though they got they got John Wall. Don't blame um, him. Yeah, um, apparently he's going to be playing against the Spurs tomorrow or tonight, whichever when they were playing. But um, still, he still wants out. Um, did you see KD in his uh, debut with the debut? I didn't the get Nets? to watch, but he looked good. I, KD is my favorite basketball player to ever touch the court. I love the man. I love him. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. Durantula is back. He's gonna win the. I think he's going to win the MVP this season. Yeah, I think that's a, that's pretty fair. Unless LeBron um, does crazy things. Yeah. Um, I think the Bulls have a different feel. Still think they're obviously a couple pieces away and young and figuring things out, but I think there's a different feel for that. They feel good. Yeah. They look good. Yeah. Like, I, obviously they're not going to be a contender in any sort this year. Last seed in the playoffs, in the hunt, I can jive with that for now. Yeah. Like maybe next year we call on – a big tall guy out of Milwaukee, like, Hey, let's come on down to Chicago. (laughs) Um, And then we got something cooking. So we'll see. It feels good. I love what's going on there right now. And then last NBA news that we want to talk about is that we are sadly going to not get to see the ball trio in the NBA this year. I've been wanting nothing more than to see three balls, in one league playing together, you know, it just, I'm not, this one, my heart wanted, my heart wanted three balls at once in the NBA, you know, and we don't get it. We don't get it. And that's sad. Yeah, dude. Whenever you get a chance to have three balls anywhere, it's a, it's a great thing. I mean, I wish there could be three balls on the, on the court at all times. Like what if they played with three yeah. balls, each ball got a ball. 
I mean, <laughs> what more could you ask for? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just think about all the points. <laughs> but on a hey, real note, thing. LiAngelo is never going to play in the NBA. Probably not. Um, our last other sports thing we want to talk about, a little MB- MLB news. Um, big things coming out of Cleveland. Um, they have decided they will be changing their name. Uh, and I think that is huge. The Cleveland um, baseball team. Who says no? Who says no? Um, I actually the think Mets, they should go back to the Spiders. I saw that. I saw that on Twitter. That um, them going back to the Spiders. Yes. Um, uh, the Mets signed former White Sox catcher James McCann. I think that's a great pickup for them. Uh, I think they're gonna. They're, they desperately needed some some actual talented catcher. So I think that's good for them. But other than that, everything's pretty quiet on the MLB free agency front. Like I said last week, it could either pop off for the next like five to 10 days and then go dead or it could be dead. And we're definitely in that time period. Uh, sorry to disappoint everyone, but we do have, um, we don't have a CL poll this week, but next week we're going to be coming at you with a special themed CL poll with some hot fire. Maybe a whole themed episode. Who knows? Ooh, that could be fun. Ooh. But we'll be back next week with a uh, awesome CL poll for you. Um, let's move on, Lucas, to fire flames or fire trash. Lucas, who's your fire flames? Ron Rivera. Uh, I mean, he just made a case for coach of the year with that win last yeah, night. I, absolutely. I mean, what he's done, what he's done in his life and over this season. I mean, you beat cancer, then you step onto the football field every night and you you bring this awful football team to playoff contention. Like, I think that they won't make the playoffs just because their schedule is a little bit harder than the Giants going down the stretch. But watch out next season for the Washington football team. They they are going to be special. Or not special, they're going to be something. Yeah. I, think I don't know what it is, right. but something. <laughs> uh, my five flames this week is Jalen Hurts. Um, great to see him come in in his first start, get a win, be one of the top teams in the NFC. Rushed over a thousand. I'm sorry. Rushed over a hundred yards. Thousand yards. <laughs> passed for over a hundred yards. I think he had a couple touchdowns passing too. I mean, way, way to come in and and deal with all the outside talk that's being talked about, um, and 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 win and and do what you're supposed to do at quarterback. He had a touchdown in the air, and uh, I think oh, no touchdowns on the ground, but still, I mean. Quarterback rushed for over 100 yards, and your team won, and you beat the Saints. So I think that's awesome. Uh, Lucas, who's your fire flame? Or, sorry, who's your fire trash? Sean Payton, for one specific reason, and it's not playing famous, Jameis. I mean, he's clearly the better quarterback. He was top five in yards uh, almost every season that he's played. Uh, he's also been the leading quarterback intercepted, but – He's better than Taysom Hill. He gives them their best chance to win. At least at actually being a quarterback, yeah. Yeah, so I don't really understand what's going to happen with him. Uh, but who knows? Uh, there could be something going on there that we don't see that they're not sharing with us. But, yeah, it just he's fire trash for not playing the better quarterback. I agree. I think you're right. Um, my fire trash this week is – the Big Ten, because they had to 
look like little babies and go back on their this just you know pounding rule that they gave that said you gotta play six games to get into the Big Ten championship but we're also not going to build in any bye weeks because we're playing in a pandemic. So you're screwed if they get canceled and then they had to go back on and to be able to let an undefeated Ohio, which they should let an undefeated Ohio state play in the big 10 championship because they were like, Nope, that's it. Can't do it. If you don't play six, you can't play in the championship game. And we're, but we're not going to give you a chance to make up any games at all. They didn't really have another choice. I mean, there's nobody else. To play right. in that and then and to take Ohio State's spot. I mean, Indiana's quarterbacks hurt. Michigan sucks. Penn State sucks. Right. So, right. Ohio State or North, you just give Northwestern the title. Right. And that's annoying, right? That's, yeah, uh, that's so fun. Right, exactly. All right. That was Fire Flames or Fire Trash. Lucas, let's move into our last and most fun segment Hunk of the Week. Lucas, who's your hunk? We got another big boy touchdown. He's not as big as most, but he's big. And he's the number two overall pick, Chase Young. Uh, he hasn't been around much over the season. Uh, he's got like five sacks, six sacks on the season. But he scores his first career touchdown, one of many I bet will happen. Uh, he's very fast. And the main reason he's the honk of the week is because the first person that he wanted to talk to was his mother. And that's that's a hunky thing to do. Uh, girls, find a guy that loves their mom because they will love you the same. That was very kind of you. That was very sweet of you to say. I try. I love my mother, so. Your mother's a saint. I've met your mother. I actually know your mother pretty well. That's a really <laughs> good cook for anybody that was wondering. Um, Lucas, my hunk of the week is Russell Gage for a – for his non-quarterback touchdown pass. I love any time someone who isn't a quarterback throws a touchdown pass in the NFL. Uh, it makes my heart happy. It makes my tummy warm. And I want to see it every single week if I could. Russell Gage, that's my hunk of the week. Yeah, man. I, it's exciting things to see. Uh, it's Whenever you see a non-QB throw the ball in general, it's exciting. I mean, we had a guy play a whole game at quarterback as – not a quarterback. Act a squad wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, he only threw the ball like nine times, but he still threw it, yeah. and it's an incredible thing. Uh, but, yeah, do non-QB TDs are the best, besides big boy touchdowns. Besides what would, big boy touchdowns. What would be incredible is a, a non-QB big, pass to a big boy? No, a non a big boy throw to another big boy is what I was going with. So it's like the same thing, but like that would be trippy. Like what if you fun like you get a tight end and a little big boy tight end, throw him around a little jet sweep action, give him the ball and let him throw it. Oh dude. I just got like hot sweaty a little bit. Calm down. All right. All right, Lucas, this was another fun week. Everyone please be sure to subscribe, rate and review. Let us know what you think. Please, we'll take any feedback that you want to give us. We'll help us get the word out there. Um, we want to be even bigger internationally and even bigger by coastally. Help us uh, get get some uh, get get our thoughts out there. Even though, why would you ever listen? But you know what? We're just having some fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another thank you to Jeremy Layton. You're welcome on whenever. Uh, it's been great, guys. Thanks for all the support.
Have a good week, everyone. Thanks. See, see you guys. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.